Shelly Luther will spend the next week in jail. Now the judge. One salon owner in North Texas. Well, she learned that the hard way. And a hair salon owner who had also opened up her store has been jailed. Luther tore up the citation to the cheer of the crowd. But in Dallas, salon, salon owner Shelly Luther faced seven days in jail for So your client is in jail right now? But yesterday, a woman by the name, and I want you to remember this name, a woman by the name of Shelly Luther in Texas. We don't support the random jailing of, for example, the woman who's now a household name, Shelly Luther. I thought it was terrible. I thought he was a terrible judge. The, the prisoner would like to speak a word. You need to apologize. What were you thinking when he said he, you need to apologize to the politicians? I was like, what? So, sir, if you think the law is more important than kids getting fed, then please go ahead with your decision, but I am not going to shut the salons. They're putting this woman in jail because she's trying to feed her kids. The whole thing is screwed up. Well, I'm, I'm proud to stand with Shelly Luther, and I'll tell you what happened to her was wrong. Yeah! I'm not anyone special. I just know that I have rights. You have rights to feed your children and make income. Right. And anyone that wants to take away those rights is wrong. We only had people in Washington, D.C. who had half the guts of this patriot play Shelley Luther. everybody, welcome back to Courage to Stand. I'm Shelley Luther. I hope you caught the show last week with Chris Pallone, uh, one of the 51 percenters, or as we say, the bar owners that don't sell food, who has been shut down and is, the TABC is trying to take his license away, still, still fighting. A lot of people think Texas is wide open and everything's just peachy over here, but we have Governor Abbott still still fighting against small business owners. So please catch that episode episode if you haven't already. And also please share it with everybody because it's very important we all band together to make sure this doesn't happen to anyone else again. I have a true hero in the studio here with me, a member of the Texas State Guard. Please welcome Andy Hopper. Hey, Shelly, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. It's good to be on here with you. Thank this is you. Exciting. This is crazy. This is weird. So a lot of you are going to watch this and go, what? If you know, if you live in Senate District 30, um, Andy and I actually com competed, I guess, campaigned against each other for the Senate District. I didn't campaign against you, Shelley. Not a bit. He's lying. <laughs> He's lying right now. He's lying. No, I'm just kidding. No, but the great thing is we got to know each other, right? Yeah, no, this is so awesome because um, we both did not win, but I feel like we're much better off now knowing each other and um, maybe we have even a bigger fight on our hands I with agree. what's going on with you and um, everything that happens is supposed to happen I don't believe in fate that's I believe exactly right. in uh, God's got his plan and that's what's supposed to happen you're on the show not just because I like you and you're my friend um, I like your wife no I'm just kidding you're on the show <laughs> she's awesome isn't she? she is awesome um, you're on the show because you are um, you're an engineer by trade you're a software engineer that's your regular job indeed okay you also donate your time, your service, um, to the Texas State Guard. Now, can you explain to all of us that don't know exactly, or the, if they live outside of Texas, what is the Texas State Guard? What do they do? How are they different from other entities here? Right. So this is the coolest thing about Texas, right? Texas is awesome. 
we have not only the Air National Guard and Army National Guard, we have a third branch of our military, many states, most states do not, that only reports to the governor. It's called the Texas State Guard. So Texas has its own military, which is, I think, awesome. Just in case we need to break off or something? You know what, actually, <laughs> you know, I think that's very interesting. But I think that the, the thing to kind of understand is the Texas State Guard goes way back. It goes at, back farther than National Guard in the state. Um, oh, wow. It actually was created in the 1870s after war, Civil War. But depending on what, who you talk to, you can actually trace it all the way back to the revolution. Wow. So it's, it's an awesome organization with a really cool history. And there's about 2,000 people, give or take, in the Texas State Guard. And compare that to the Air National Guard, I think it's like four or 5,000. So it's a pretty large force yeah. of, of people. But the Texas State Guard only reports to the governor. So there's no chain of command to Washington, D.C. So this is a force that is completely governed and taken care of by the governor in the state. So he is the commander in chief. So before the pandemic or whatever, what were your normal duties as a Texas State Guard? Guardsman? So I actually write software for the Guard. I okay. know that's a shock since that's my normal day job. But um, so, for instance, there's a lot of um, need for electronic management of records. And we don't have the money in the state to provide that. And so one of the things that or they we don't do, want to give it to you. Indeed. That's, okay. that's exactly right. So <laughs> this is the truth show. Andy. It is. You just say what, what's real. You know, it's amazing what you can do if you could actually just put some money into things that actually benefit the state. And I think that. I don't, I'm, I'm going to kind of wing this, but I think the, the Texas State Guardsman is anywhere between half and a third the cost of a federal troop. And that's why it's valuable to the state, because right. people are giving their time, but they're also highly skilled. You know, the age of the State Guardsman is a, probably about 10 years older than the National Guard, maybe 30 to 50 in that range. I think mm -hmm. most troops are in that range. So they actually have jobs and skills, and it's actually kind of cool because they can bring that to the state and actually help. So the, the focus of the Guard is civil. Um, uh, it is basically dealing with pandemics, emergencies, anything that hurricanes that come in. And that's mm -hmm. usually where we shine. Civil affairs is the actual role. Um, but anyways, so with all that, you know, we actually needed to be able to manage people's personnel records and recruitment and training and all that stuff. And so our team actually writes all the software that makes that happen. Um, when you come in and run your license in and scan in for a drill, that guy goes into a system, all that software we wrote. So that's, that's what I do, but it's boring as all get out, but that's what I do. For I don't the guard. think that's boring. Yeah. Your sons are in the guard. Yes, they are. My two oldest sons are in the guard with me, which is really cool actually, because that's, that kind of goes back. That's the way the military has always been. I mean, yeah. in the last 250 years of American history, you know, the idea that families serve together and that, you know, is the coolest thing. Um, so you guys get to ride together. Yeah. I mean, spend all this family time. Yeah. So um, your sons aren't engineers. Well, you know, my oldest son. Is I, one of them's tech. like a crazy mechanic. Yeah. So my oldest son, Grant, <laughs> he's he's a mechanical engineer at Texas Tech uh, oh, awesome. major. And he's not a mechanical engineer yet, but he's getting darn close. If you get through solids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, he's he's smart as a whip, and I don't know how we would survive without him. But I mean, at home, he fixes everything. He he pulls engines out of cars and fixes them. Yeah, that's crazy. He's amazing. That's awesome. Um, I have no skills there. But um, <laughs> you're not proud at all. I'm very proud of that. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. What about your other son? What does he do? Uh, so Sam is uh, actually just getting started in college, and yes. I don't know that he's firmly. He's right now it's computer science is what he's kind of hoping mm -hmm. to do. But he's just getting started. He's 18. So uh, he just joined a few weeks ago. So with all this, it was actually kind of a shock because, you know, they're sitting there with me and, and just having your family there with you kind of adds a lot more intensity, you know? Yeah. So anyway. So you do that. What are, um, and so have y'all gone to the border recently? Have y'all have y'all so been to the border? State has Guard Governor does Abbott have border missions. Okay. Um, 
So, you know, they've actually been doing something in Operation Border, border Star, which they actually run drawbridge gates and whatnot down at the border. And the Texas State Guard will supplement and help out the National Guard when they're called down to the border uh, in various roles. Um, but, yeah, primarily, I think most of the border control sort of um, missions have been the National Guard. Aren't, mm-hmm. So but State Guard does have a role there. I did speak to a uh someone that works for like the border patrol, the, the, the national. Mm-hmm. Um, and although I can't say his name, he told me that basically right now they're glorified babysitters and the most they can do is hand out water. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a friend in the National Guard and they attested to that. Um, in fact, and I'm, I, th- I believe it's still the case that, you know, when Homeland Security was created, which, you know, kind of really complicated and stopped up a lot of the way that the border control operated. Um, They put all these security clearances in place. So in order to interact with immigrants, to stop immigrants, to do anything, you have to have special um, security clearances that people in our National Guard do not have. So I think that that's one obstacle to them actually participating. I think that it ends up being a support role in a lot of ways. and of course, we all know that the border control themselves is almost a catch and release program. So it's basically so it's it's kind of depressing because I think people think that the National Guard is down on the border, actually, you know, guarding the border. And, mm-hmm. it's, and, and I think that it's not exactly what people think it is. Right. Uh, yeah. Th- because I want people to know they're actually hiring like DPS officers to go and do some of those things. So they're getting paid time and a half or whatever it is to have our National Guard babysit. And then have DPS who wasn't really trained, that's not their training, to go and actually do any of the, um, I guess, arresting or, or things that are going on down at, the, at, at our border. Right now, our border is amok. If you don't live in Texas, it, they're just running amok. Um, we have, and and it's, it doesn't just affect Texas. These people are going all across the United States on planes. They get over a certain point and Tim and I were somewhere, I was speaking somewhere and we saw kids that were actually coming straight from the border. The cartel dressed them up in, in their little outfits that they all wear and we're just flying all over the United States. So if you think this is just a border state issue, you are mistaken. We have definitely got to take control of that, Absolutely. which our governor, our governor, Greg Abbott, Finally, after we've been ripping him for I don't know how long, because he kept saying Biden's doing this. Biden, no, sir, this is your state. This is our state. You protect it. And then I think a few days ago, he's like, we're going to start arresting people at the border. It's well, kind of hard to watch you. someone let the problem fester so that they can then use it as a political weapon. I yeah. think that's what we've witnessed. Oh, absolutely. Because it's campaign, it's campaign season soon. So he's got to start like actually doing things that a governor should be doing. Well, you know, it's better late than never. Yeah, I'll but, take it. And yet, I think that more could be done. And it's interesting because a lot of um, folks that have talked about, hey, if, if the state of Texas ever actually assumed control of the border and took sole control of that, oftentimes the state guard is used as the kind of the mechanism to do that because it is solely under the control of the governor that they can, because the, the fear would be, I think, that if the National Guard were in that role, the say that if the president did not like that, that they could just federalize the National Guard and take that power away from the governor. The state guard could not be. So I think it's a, it's a natural mechanism to actually kind of, um, you're forced to be able to have mm-hmm. some sort of actual physical security on mm-hmm. the border, but it would have to be grown quite a bit to be able to do that. How many people in the guard that you know of, if the governor said, I need you to for free stand on the border and help us protect it, how many do you know that would say no? 
I don't think anyone would. And you know what's really cool is that that role of civil affairs that I mentioned where it's basically just emergencies, this is a real role of protecting the state. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly what people got excited and signed up for. I mean, listen, you know, reading through like being... I mean, handing out water bottles is awesome. No. But like when you actually get to physically... Get on, get on the border and say, I'm do, I am protecting our states. That That's is right. like the most Texas thing you could possibly do. Yeah. Is this anything other than invasion? I think it is. It totally is. It is totally invasion. And so protecting our state is exactly what people are trying or signing up for the state guard to do. And when I look at the recruiting system of people applying the state guard, this is the kind of things people are saying, I want to serve my state. I want to save my I state. I know hundreds of people that would that aren't even in the state guard that said if i recalled and and you want me to go stand at the border to protect our state i would do it for free absolutely i don't know what the holdup is yeah there's plenty of people for free yeah. it's not a money thing yeah it's for free they would go do it because we love texas so everyone much. from the ranchers that own the land that are on the border that are not allowed to protect their own land to the people all the way up in dallas that are sick of you know people coming in getting free higher higher education all those people are have a vested interest in going mm -hmm. down and stopping this not to mention the fact that atrocities that we can't even probably say out loud are committed every day along that border because no, we'll we are basically them. baiting they're them. getting murdered the raped? cartel yeah. raped murdered hung from trees naked and dead bodies just laying around everywhere but people want to say that it's not humanitarian for us to want to stop that Indeed, that's exactly what it is. So it's disgusting. Something needs to be done. Something needs to be done. Well, thank you for, and it is true service. I mean, you take time you, with your sons, even, even though that you guys enjoy it, you take time out and that's, a, that's the most Texas thing you can do. So, and I know you love Texas, so thanks for doing that. I do that. love Texas. Something bad happened there and I wanna talk to you more about it um, in some of the training that you had and your sons were there with you? Yes, they were. Okay. Something horrible happened there, and this is definitely something that was a command down from Governor Abbott, obviously, because that's your lead person on this. He's our commander-in-chief. Yeah. But I want to talk about that after the break, okay. um, because it's going to take a little bit of time for us to discuss what happened. It's going to infuriate a lot of people. So please don't go anywhere. We will be right back with some of the training that went down with the Texas State Guard. You will not want to miss this. The following are sponsors for today's show. If you'd like to become a sponsor, please visit us at CourageToStand.com. Looking to buy or sell real estate in North Texas? The Neal team with Better Homes and Gardens Winans specialize in residential and farm and ranch properties. Call our friends, Donnie and Darla at 903-744-5475 or email neal at winansbhg.com. Just one call, and as Donnie says, the pretty blonde and the ugly cowboy can put the power of two to work for you. Your journey starts here. Again, Donnie and Darla Neal at 903-744-5475. Jarrah Hutchins owns Clearing the Chamber, a female-owned firearms and self-defense training company that specializes in teaching women, youth, and families how to stay safe. We have a class for everything, including intro to handgun, time management for the gun owner, how to talk to your kids about firearms, license to carry, and how to protect what you're expecting, a class for new and expecting mothers. We have all five-star reviews on Facebook and respond quickly to your questions. Give us a call at 469-665-9333 
or email clearingthechamber at gmail.com and schedule your free consultation. Again, that consultation is free. Just give us a call at 469-665-9333. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Courage to Stand. I am here with Andy Hopper, who serves in the Texas State Guard. And we were talking about um, some training that happened very recently. This wasn't even maybe two weeks ago. It was May 22nd, actually. May 22nd. What happened? Yeah. So the backdrop is that, you know, and since the January 6th rally for President Trump in Washington, D.C., you uh, had the DOD basically vet National Guard troops at the Capitol. Um, at that time, Governor Greg, Ab- Greg Abbott characterized that as the most offensive thing he's ever heard of. And he recalled, as you remember, he recalled the Texas National Guard from the Capitol at that time. I think it was January 18th or thereabouts. Um, so since then, this extremism training has been pushed down from the DOD at all levels. So tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of US troops have already taken this training. Um, a, uh, some time ago, I guess in the last month or so, um, Major General T- Tracy Norris, who is the Texas Adjutant General. Texas Adjutant General is the highest ranking general over the Air National Guard, Army National Guard, and Texas State Guard. And she actually uh, ordered the commanding general, uh, General Robert Bodish, to administer this extremist training to the Texas State Guard. And as you as you remember, the Texas State Guard reports to the governor. It mm-hmm. does not report to the DOD. Mm-hmm. But the op word for the training actually states DOD as the uh, source of this training material. And for those that don't know, DOD is, is Department of Defense. It is okay. the Federal Department of Defense. Um, so, so we have the the federal the Department of Defense is actually telling the Texas State Guard, who is not federal at all, what their training should be. Right. And it's the same extremism criteria that was used to vet troops, the National Guard troops in the Capitol, which Greg Abbott said was offensive. Um, this, the, here's the thing to know. Um, this extremism uh, training is preaching this entire idea of moral relativism, uh, critical race theory, cultural Marxism, and it's being pushed down on the troops. It basically promotes the idea that there is this subjective group of organizations which they are not willing to tell you that if your participation or activities come into cross paths with any of these groups that you are an extremist. It asks troops to to report each other if you think that your fellow troop is an extremist. Let me give an example, Shelley, of one of the examples they gave us for an extremist, a man who believes that homosexuality is wrong and is very open about this on social media, that he thinks homosexuality is wrong, is counseled by a church member, of course, who disagrees. That is considered extremism behavior and was reportable by other troops, right? So that's one of the examples. Of course, another example, all the examples were of white males. Um, One example was uh, basically a guy that I think was some sort of neo-Nazi, someone who had actually overtly already done something wrong. So of course, there was already illegal actions. It's not hard to say someone's an extremist when they've already done something illegal. Right. Um, So these were concrete. I mean, that that one example, the first example was a little bit more subjective, but the other two examples they gave us were completely concrete. It's like, oh, of course we I mean, the guy's a Satan worshiper. Of course, he's probably an extremist. Right. But then they they delve in and actually uh, introduce the idea that if you're a a person in the state of Texas that has a Texas Secede bumper sticker, that you are an extremist. And I thought that was extremely interesting because, in fact, Major Steve Toth 
is a member of the Texas State Guard. He is the author of HB 1359, which is the Texas Independence Referendum Act. And most people okay, don't... Okay, hold on. So a lot of people don't know. Right. Steve Toth is um, a representative. He works in the Texas House uh, making laws for us. He's also a member of the State Guard. Yes. And he authored a bill that does what? He authored a bill that advocates the idea that the state of Texas should reassert its status as an independent nation based upon a popular vote of the people. So basically, it's not saying that he specifically wants Texas to secede, but he does want it to be a vote. So people that think that there should at least be a vote because Texas was... A nation, right, for a nine nation. years. For nine years. It's not something that's crazy. And if, if you ever meet someone that's born and raised in Texas or just loves Texas as much as we do, we're very proud of our state. You can tell we're very proud of our state. But to me, whole, giving a vote to anything seems right. Yeah, it's right. It's not It's not. Outrageous. It might not ever pass. So Proposition 65 of the Texas GOP platform, uh, the Republican platform, I mean, the state is controlled by Republicans, and yet our, that platform states that Texas should retain the right to secede. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, and, uh, you know, on top- so, so here's the thing. He is a Republican. He is a member of the Texas State Guard. He is a Texas legislator who writes a bill, authors a bill that's saying there should be a vote to be able to secede. He took this training at the Texas State Guard? No, none of the five legislators. And so we have five legislators, State Guard. Um, We have, um, uh, uh, I believe it's Captain Capriglione. I can't pronounce that man's name. Uh, Major Steve Toth, uh, Major uh, Dan Huberty, Phil King and Colonel Phil King and uh, Captain uh, Briscoe Kane, all in the Texas State Guard. None of them were at the training. None of them in the last two weeks have weighed in on this at all. Have they been made aware of the training? Uh, Do you know that you know of? Not, not that I know of. Uh, I, I know Phil King has is aware of this training. Um, has has he responded to it? No, not a bit. Mm-mm. Um, so this this training was actually given directly to Phil King, and the, the articles pertaining to it have been given to Phil King. So we have not heard from him. But I, I think it is very interesting because at least one of these legislatures le- legislators is an extremist, according to this training. Mm-hmm. And yet there's no move. Another example in the training of extremism was if you're a member of the NRA. That wait, was confirmed. Wait. I'm a member of the NRA. I'm, a, I'm an endowment member, Shelly. <laughs> you extremist. Okay, wait. <laughs> right. So listen, they go giving you examples of people that are obviously extremists. Obviously. Three percenters, oath keepers, another other. So, so wait a second. A member of the Texas State Guard or someone training the Texas State Guard said, if you are a member of the National Rifle Association, you are an extremist. And we need to not do that. We need to get away from that. We need to avoid that. Right. I wonder what the NRA has to say about that. So Kim Roberts, an author for The Texan, actually reached out to the NRA and they refused to comment, interestingly. Um, the re- governor refused to comment on this. He referred the issue back down to the TMD. But here's the what, issue, Shelley. The, the Texas Military Department. Okay. Um, here's the issue, Shelley. The issue is, is that there is no list. There is no list that is known. That was confirmed many times in the training. The audio of the training is available online. It was recorded. Uh, it wasn't me that recorded it. But that is available. And in fact, um, there is no list that is published. It is stated to be a subjective criteria as to whether you're an extremist. Another example was given. 
um, um, I actually brought up the fact uh, and asked this question. I said, in 2011, don't ask, don't tell was actually the standard in the military. It's only been 10 years since Don't Ask, Don't Tell was right. repealed. And explain to people who don't know don't what ask, that don't is. Don't Tell is the idea that if you're a homosexual in the military, that you could you could operate in the military, but you just can't openly uh, declare your, your, your sexuality. Mm -hmm. um, it, was, it was basically keep it to yourself and you can serve. And that's, that's, that was the policy for probably most of my lifetime until 2011 and it was repealed. And I asked the question, I said, Based upon your example of the man who did, was against homosexuality as being an extremist, if you believe Don't Ask, Don't Tell should be reinstated just 10 years later, are you an extremist? And the instructor said, you are absolutely an extremist if you still believe that. And uh, I, I just thought that was amazing that in 10 years, something that is, that is policy as part of the UCMJ and the Texas Code of Military Justice, and then 10 years, you can go from a policy being mainstream, codified policy to if you still believe that policy should be existent 10 years later, you're an extremist. That's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. Mm -hmm. um, so it delves deeply into the idea of uh, identity politics, the idea that if you believe certain things that therefore we get to say you're an extremist, but we're not going to tell you. We're not tell you what the list is. We're not tell you what the criteria is. We're going to vet you. Well, who vets you? I asked. My who? question is, what was the purpose of that? And just to tell you you're an extremist, and then what? Like what? What next? Yeah, I think this is basically kind of moving the window, Shelley. I think what's happening is is that this training is being perpetrated on the entire body of the United States military, and in this case, it's the not Texas just military. the military because it's going through our public it's education system schools. too. It's going, and then you read, you heard about Lockheed Martin giving mm -hmm. this 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 white you know, uh, privilege training, you know, basically I, it, it, I read some of the notes that were no, released No, we saw today. with Co like Coca-Cola, like yeah. stop being so white or something. And it's like, listen, I'll be the first to admit to you that I understand that racism exists. That's not an issue. Like, I don't feel like there's zero. I'm not stupid. There is racism and it does exist. There are things where people are very extreme in their racism, I get it. But saying you're a member of the NRA or saying that you believe in a certain law that's only 10 years old or a certain, uh, I wouldn't call it a law, what would you call it, a certain policy. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think it's their business to be telling you what they feel is extreme. Listen, we're judged by our actions and not by our thoughts, okay? If you are a member of an organization, fine. It doesn't mean that you're going to carry out some sort of misdeed or some sort of crime. I mean, we have laws against things. We don't need, you know, a subjective criteria that no one will tell you what's on it and who's, what lists exist or don't exist. You know what that training was? It was a checkbox. It was for them to say, we told them... We, we gave that training and now we're much better because it changed a lot. No, it didn't. What it did was piss a lot of people off. Right. Well, I think it starts. I think it starts the process of people recognizing that, hey, you could get kicked out if you're a member of these organizations. Well, I'm not going to be a member of the NRA. I'm not going to join the NRA or I'm not going to be I'm not going to be expressive of my right wing politics potentially or I'm not going to stand up for my ideals or my beliefs because I'm afraid now that someone would report me. And that's where it starts. I mean, that's how it started in every, you know, culture and history where we start to see a clampdown of kind of tyranny. Mm -hmm. You start to see that, you know, it starts off with the introduction of an idea and then they move to the implementation. Well, it's, it's basically, and what I've noticed in the last year, how much will they take? 
because if they're okay with this, they're okay with one step further, one step further, and that's when it gets out of control. But some of the training that they gave um, as, you know, I took took uh, courses to be like a, a school counselor, administrative courses, and it, it they, they mislabel it, so it wasn't like CRT or it wasn't like um, anything that you would think it was when you took the course, but it was basically um, how whites have been supremacists the whole time and how me basically as a person have treated people a certain way, how I have, even though they don't know me, they don't know anything, but they base us all in one big group. Yes. And that's what they're doing with the NRA. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so, you know, we see it all kinds of different ways. I mean, that's one of the reasons we were so up in arms about some of these liability protections that HBT pr provided to the governor is we're worried if you're going to put them in law, if you're going to say that people are now and businesses are responsible for every single guideline from the CDC. Well, we're not implementing that right now. Well, mm -hmm. you're not going to put it in law if it's mm -hmm. not going to be implemented. If we tell you that we can discharge servicemen for their beliefs. That's something to stand up against. Yes. That's something to stop now because tomorrow it may be more than just meaningless training. Right. And, and, and honestly, I'm not paid by the state guard. I am, I just, I, I actually thought about, you know, just taking a discharge and coming out about this. And I sat there and thought, you know what, this is my organization. This is my state guard that my family is helping to forge. How long have you been in the state guard? I've been in since 2014. Wow. You've so, dedicated a lot of your time to this. Um, and f my problem is, my biggest problem with all of this is when people have a problem with what the government is doing, you ask questions, right? Well, you ask questions to Governor Abbott. Why is this? They won't even talk to you or acknowledge you. That's the biggest problem. If you don't agree with exactly everything they want or want to do, they just ignore you and pretend you're not there. Because I know that's what happened to me. Well, that's what's happening here. And in fact, it's not just me now. Um, Chad Prather has sent out an email blast about this. He has it on his website. No answer from the governor as to whether or not he's okay with this training. Um, Don Huffines made a statement about this last week on Twitter. These are no uh, potential, uh, these are challengers, to, challengers the to the governor. Yes. And it seems like he just ignores anything that he uh, doesn't want to answer. But he stated that he believed this extreme, this idea of vetting troops based upon these vague criteria of extremism was, was he said, completely outrageous. And that was in January. And here we are in June and it, we're doing it systematically. It's, mm -hmm. it's institutionalized now in the state of Texas mm -hmm. that we are now using these same vetting techniques and these same lists that we won't release to the public right. to basically pull our trips apart, to divide them politically when they should be unified for the state. Yes. That's what I think it is. It's divisive. But even, he could even claim, he could even claim, I didn't know that was going on. That needs to stop immediately. Wouldn't you have way more respect for him? Yep. Like just to claim, like, I did not know that was happening. That's got to stop. I think if that had just happened in the first few days, we would be in good shape. It's like, I didn't know this was going on. Right. You know what? In the future, maybe our tag should have told me that we're going to introduce a brand new type of training, a training that actually is exactly the kind of that prescribing the same behavior that I just said was outrageous. Right. And I think that that would have been well received. I think people would have said, you know what? Thanks governor for standing up on this. Yes. And standing up for our troops. But instead, I think we've kind of circled the wagons on this and we're hearing complete radio silence. Well, it's the same thing that happened when our grid went down, when, when uh, over a hundred people died in their own homes. 
the blame always goes everybody else. They, they don't care about the actual people or what's going on with the people. They care about what they look like on their next campaign, and they don't want the blame on them. And instead, if he would just own it, they don't understand. If you would just own it, you would be a bigger man than what you are right now. Yeah, I, I think that's right. So I think we're looking for action from the governor to basically stand up for, you know, the idea that our troops and their values of their own business and that we expect them to, pr to conduct themselves professionally, but we're not going to vet them. And if we are going to vet them, we're going to tell you exactly how we're vetting them, making right. that policy open and making it something that we can criticize. Right. But what, you know, here's the other thing, Shelly, I didn't even mention this. And this is, I mean, this is making me kind of angry when I sit there and think. As bad as this training is, when it was implemented by the United States military, it was prescribed to be implemented in really small groups where you had small numbers of people that could sit there and maybe pull it apart or pick it apart. But what we had in the Texas State Guard was every single general in the guard sitting in a room. The commanding general was there. He actually initiated and started the training. And we had over 100 people in the room, all the JAGs, all the uh, judge advocate generals. These are the lawyers in the guard. We're all present. So basically, if you spoke up, you kind of felt like you were <coughs> going to be reprimanded. Do you feel like you could still be reprimanded? I think that's very much a possibility. I, I have no idea what's going to happen because of this. Just because you spoke up about the training. You haven't done anything, but you have spoken to people about the training and you spoke up during the training saying, I don't really think that's right. Yeah, that's, that's all I've done. Um, you know, what's interesting about the State Guard is that I am not subject to the Texas Code of Military Justice when I'm not in uniform. So um, I'm a private citizen, former Senate candidate. That's what I'm doing. Andy I'm, the engineer. I'm right, small farmer, right? <laughs> small farmer. <laughs> but nevertheless, you know, but, but here's the thing is that it's, it's like you said, you know, we're sitting here and we're in this training. And I, I, I spoke up and said, who ordered this training? You know, Good it's, for you. It's, Look. Right, right. It says, you know, it says in the Constitution that all military is subject at all times to civilian authority. And I said, what civilian authority authorized this training? And there was a murmur and somebody said, we'll get back to you, chief. And then I said, did Greg Abbott know? And someone kind of fairly loudly said, don't answer that. What? So I, I think that's interesting, isn't it? I think that gives you the answer you need. Well, hopefully we'll hear way more about this. And actually, Governor Abbott, because I haven't addressed you yet directly, you need to own this. You need to either say you did not know about it or you need to say that you knew about it and you're going to stand by it. Either way, we need to know because this is our Texas and this is the Texas State Guard that apparently you are responsible for. We do not want CRT or extremist training in anything to do with Texas at all, ever. I don't know if I'm... Am I saying I'm the wrong with you. thing? I'm with you, Shelly. All right. Thank you so much, Andy. Thanks Hopper. for having me, Shelly. Oh, my God. Thank you for the courage because, I mean, especially with all those people looking at you and with your sons looking at you, you chose to do the right thing for your sons because I would have had questions afterwards if, if uh, you wouldn't have said something in there. And um, I think that it was a great example for your sons to see you stand up for what was right. So thank you for doing that. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I don't know what you guys think, but um, I think Governor Abbott has made a huge mistake here, and I think he needs to own it either way. I think you need to share this everywhere, and I think that this is stuff that's not just happening in Texas, but we have people that are uh, heroes for standing up and telling us what's going on, or else we would have never known. But we do deserve at least an answer.
So hopefully this will get to Governor Greg Abbott. Um, other media sources spread this everywhere because if you think this is wrong, then I hope that you have the courage to stand. Go to CourageToStand.com to sign up or uh, be able to get in touch with Andy if you have questions. We will make sure that we will get those to him as well. Have a great day. Thank you, guys.